Hello, everyone, and welcome back once again to another episode of the Trino Community Broadcast. Feels like we've been doing this a lot lately. My name is Cole Bowden. I'm joined by Manfred. Manfred, it's been only a couple weeks. Yeah, we're trying to amp up the speed of this thing, right? Like, And we're doing like every two to three weeks. And on the website, we already have upcoming two further episodes organized. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about what we're going to do today. Yeah, so today we have a conversation with two wonderful people from Vast, a data platform and system that integrates brilliantly with Trino that we're really looking forward to exploring, understanding, explaining, asking questions, making them answer why we think it's designed certain ways. We're going to grill them. It's going to be really difficult for them. Uh, I'm, I'm just messing around, of course. It's always a friendly conversation on the Trino community broadcast. Are you sure? Mm, <laughs> but uh, before we do that, uh, as always, we have to introduce ourselves. So my name is Cole Bowden. I'm a developer advocate here at Starburst. Manfred, you have a new a new shiny title here. I just do the same thing with a different title. What a title. <laughs> <laughs> Director of Trino Community Leadership. And of course, we'll be joined by Colleen Tarto and Roman Zeta uh, from Vast Data in just a little bit. Um, but we have one release to talk about. Uh, 440 also coming soon. So stay tuned for that. But 439. Uh we briefly hinted at it at the end of last episode, and it's here now. We have a caching layer for Delta Lake Hive and Iceberg. Well, we sort of like cleaned house by throwing the old caching layer out, really. So we had uh, one called Rubik's, and we threw it out and replaced it with with um, an Alaxi-based implementation. So we kind of did a cache refresh, and I'm working on a blog post for that. So yeah, and- get tuned on that. But it's there. Works for Delta Lake, Hive, and Iceberg connector, so it's much better than was there before, and it also has no security issues and that kind of stuff, which we had before. Yeah, and it's it's more performant than the Rubik's one was, and that one was only for Hive, so if you're on Delta Lake or Iceberg, this is new for you. If you're on Hive, it's just vastly improved instead. No pun intended. Uh, I should... <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are a couple... There is many bug fixes, actually, in 439. I've picked a couple big ones that seem like they may be generally applicable. Um you can now have periods and catalog names, which is... Yeah, is I'm like, why would you want to do that? <laughs> In case you want to confuse yourself, you know? What if dot, 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 you know? Like seven yeah, different dots in your name. the next thing will be that people want to have emotes in their, like, name. <laughs> like, I actually love that color. idea, Manfred. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're terrible. The, the next database <laughs> I, have I have to create, the columns will be named with emojis. Yeah. Another another shout out I have to make for 439 release. So um, it, there is now documentation what we've been talking about for a long, long time. Trina has native file system integrations. And when I talk file system, that means connecting to remote object storage um, file systems um, on S3 or Azure and stuff. So we have a new, much faster, better implementation. And the documentation is not there. So you have to actively switch it on. Please do that. Please let us know how that goes. It should be much better and faster and more stable than the existing one. And over time, we'll also throw the existing one away. But that's a long time away. But please um, start trying that stuff and and let us know how it goes. And then finally, Manfred, Trino Gateway 6 was released. Yay! We got it out again. Despite playing around with Docker and fighting that, we did manage to get a Docker container ship for Trino Gateway 6 now as well. And... Um, that's the major change. A lot of other things that happened are like internal refactors. Um, but there are a whole bunch of new features also lined up for Gateway 7, which is coming around the corner. Maybe by the next episode, I can tell you about 7. 
Yeah, so if you've been looking at the Trino gateway and you're thinking, well, what if we have multiple clusters or I want an FTE cluster in addition to my normal ad hoc one, easier than ever to get that up and running. Uh, keep an eye on the Trino gateway for more cool features to support that. But um, it's only been a little bit since our last episode, so not a ton of other things to report on, which means we can pull these notes out of the way and get our guests onto the screen. Welcome, Roman and Colleen. Hello. Hi. So could you two please just introduce yourselves? Let let the world and the Trino community know who you are. Colleen may be a slightly familiar face to some, and Roman also. So Yeah, I'm Colleen Tarto. I'm a field CTO and head of strategy at Vast Data, and I've been using Trino for about, oh, I think I first heard of Presto SQL in 2018, and that was sort of my first exposure to it, and then I did a lot of things with it, including running enterprise engineering at Starburst for a while. And I've been at Vast for since the summer. I started, I think, in August. And um, yeah, I've been working with Roman since then, and it's been great. What about you, Roman? So Roman Zayde, I'm uh, working as a software engineer here in the, the Vasta-based team. And <laughs> this is our uh, internal name, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're working. Uh, uh, I have been working uh, with Trino also uh, from uh, 2018. Uh, first, uh, as uh, as my previous uh, job in Varada, uh, the startup that was acquired by by Starburst, and then sw switched uh, to to Vast Data, uh, building our uh, database uh, platform from grounds up. <laughs> And like looking out the window on your end, it looks kind of dark out there. What's going on? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm in Israel, in uh, Haifa. It's uh, in the northern part part of Israel, and it's uh, uh, G GMT plus two. So it's uh, it's nine uh, nine and a half p.m. here. <laughs> so you're heading to bed after this, while we have to keep working. Oh, oh no problem, no problem. <laughs> Do we? I mean, you know, you can get a lunch break in there for us still. So thank you, Roman, for being able to make time in your evening to come on the Trino Community Broadcast. We appreciate that a lot. My pleasure. So uh, first question, you just said fast, faster base, but isn't it also a faster database? So it's like a faster, faster, whatever, faster base. <laughs> let's let's, let's pull that back a little bit, Manfred. Yeah, it's what, what is that? Let's, what for is those it? who are unfamiliar, Colleen, I'm going to pose this to you. Okay. Is give right. us the 10,000 foot overview of what is VAST and <laughs> yeah. why do we care about it? <laughs> so the official name is the VAST database, is the piece of the VAST data platform that we're talking about. But um, we do call it the VAST database just because it rolls off the tongue so nicely. Um, so VAST began, I think, about six years ago. I think it came out of stealth like three or four years ago. But the idea behind VAST is very similar to the idea behind Trino is that the entire data ecosystem was built around like legacy stuff, right? Legacy hardware, disk drives, systems built to work around the challenges of the hardware of the time spinning disks. And so turns out it's the 2020s. That's not the world we live in now. So Vast was started with focus on all flash storage. Um, it's a really cool design where we use storage class memory and QLC in a really intelligent way to maximize your cost efficiency, your performance, scalability of this all flash data lake. And so with that, we can store pretty much anything and it's a multi-protocol environment, meaning it's easily accessible for whatever our customers are doing. And that really makes for like this best in class, um, high performance computing AI, you know, you can do whatever you want today, but then also it's scalable and it'll work for whatever the next big 
exciting thing post AI is whatever that is. Um, <clears throat> so in more detail, you know, our platform has a few different angles that make it special. We've got the vast data store, which is sort of like the base layer, the data lake for all of the data, whether it's structured or unstructured or semi-structured. So, and then so we have... when you talk about lake, sorry, I want to yes. have to <laughs> chat about this. So a lake typically always talks about object storage, but you talked about flash now. So mm -hmm. is it like both or like... So it is, it's an all flash storage system. And so we, it's software, but we also partner with hard, we have hardware partners that ship oh. like, physical servers on racks that Vast is already installed on. And, you know, that's where my brain starts to tune out is when people start talking about like racks and cables and things. I'm like, that's nice. Get, get back to me when we're talking about data. Yeah, um, but you know, there is this whole trend about getting out of the cloud and saving money and having all hardware. So this is like a way. I know. That, and right? people call so, it repatriation, which I find hilarious because it's like, you know, yeah, like your data, like like talking. your data center is like in yeah. your office in yeah, the basement, yeah, yeah. right? Like, but I mean, the the scales that we're talking about, you know, putting everything in the cloud is really expensive at that scale, and so a lot of times it does make more sense, especially with the growth of data and what people are doing with AI, to start thinking about well, maybe a data center makes more sense, right? Or maybe they're partly in the cloud and partly in a data center, and they want to bring things back in the data center. Um, and so we're seeing a lot of that with our customers. Um, but yeah, so our vast data store is the base storage, which is where you would just put all of your data. And then we have for structured data, we have the vast data base, which is like a table format based on our internal element store. And it's got some other interesting bits and bobs and accelerators in there. Um, and then coming out later this year, we've got the vast data engine which is a Kafka-based engine that Roman is probably sleeping and dreaming about um, that's going to add triggers and functions to the pipelines and really round out the way the full data platform image works for us. And that's sort of our image, um, our vision that we're going for. Um, so, so you, you said two yeah. different things here. You, talk, yeah. you said engine and then you talk Kafka. But when I think about database, there's always like a query engine in yep. play. And when I talk about querying a database, how do you query vast database? Is there perhaps a bunny-themed query if, engine? If that's only there was do. some sort of lupine-themed... <laughs> no, is lupine wolf or bunny? I forget. Um, lupine is wolves, but like, yeah, wolf, what we have lots of bunnies, word? so the wolves run anyway. away. <laughs> if there was only I'm, I'm some rabbit right now. I need to know. Yeah, some really cute Ali Loney-designed rabbit-themed... Uh, hmm engine that we could use. So basically the vast data engine is sort of a larger Kafka designed engine. That'll be like, you know, a data set comes in and it gets triggered to be moved somewhere or a function runs on it, that kind of thing. Whereas the query engine that you would use, you could use something like Spark, you could use something else, but you really probably should be using Trino, right? So, um, so that's sort of where Trino comes in because let me just plug the database and give you like the high level of why our database is awesome. Um, I think it's really cool, you know? And so the way it works, it's functioning as both an OLTP or a transactional database and an OLAP or analytical database. And so what happens Whoa. is when data comes into it, it's written in rows in an ACID compliant way. And so it takes data into a write buffer and writes it into rows, but then it passes them down into columns, into a columnar format. So when you read the data, you're reading it in a columnar format. So you're getting the best of both worlds, the transactional and the analytical, which is 
really freaking awesome. And so, um, and it's optimized for the vast storage format itself. So that underlying element store. And so you're getting like really insane ingest and query, like selective query performance. And so, you know, Roman can tell you all the details about why that works so well, but it's just a really awesome product in a forward thinking way that I appreciate. And so when you add Trino on top of that, you just get these like blazing fast queries and it's like, gives you back other time to do things in your life. So, so you, you threw out the OLTP and OLAB kind of fancy words. <laughs> so from a practical perspective, that does mean that as an application developer, you can hook up your application to like, you know, do your order placement or whatever into Vast. Mm -hmm. And it gets there in a like, yeah. you know, row level kind of like access kind of feature. But then the same database can be queried for your like dashboards and mm -hmm. like sales reports, blah, 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 yep. all the aggregation without you having to do anything. Yeah. That's exactly right. You haven't done anything. You didn't have to build a pipeline from a transactional database to an analytical data warehouse, right? Like, or a data lake. You didn't have to do anything. It just automatically, magically happens in the vast data platform, which is really awesome. Well, that's cool. While we're talking fancy words, <laughs> leperine. <laughs> Thank you. I'm like, I knew we with an L, leperine. All right, you're going to have to look up Canis. I'm pretty sure Canis lupus is wolf or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lupine is, is wolf-like. But leperine is the word we were looking yeah. for. So it's, right. we're talking Polish, about the leperine connector brew. for gas today. No Latin. No Latin. <laughs> What do you mean? You did physics, so you know yeah. Latin should be fine with you. <laughs> <laughs> More Greek, actually, but yeah. Greek, yeah. <laughs> In any case, let's talk yeah. about that Trino connector. What's what's the process of architecting a normal query engine to connect to this sophisticated new age data system? How'd that happen? Yeah. So actually, the great question. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a slide, but I can. Uh, do uh, I can actually uh, make a two two and a half a week a, a year rewind and uh, re replay our uh, decision and uh, the things we uh, how we try to design this. So, uh -huh. so, so uh, initially uh, the, the, the uh, element store, as Colleen uh, uh, told before, uh, was a. Uh, um, Framework that uh, software framework that actually under uh, underlies every, everything that Vast does. Uh, so every file, every object, everything that Vast uh, stores and exposes to the user, to the end user, and un underlying it, there is a Vast data structure that allows uh, writing a lot of files, reading a lot of files, deduping a lot of files. So if you have similar files, it uh, the underlying engine uh, knows how to find uh, similar chunks of data and compress them together. Uh, to make uh, to, to make your uh, flash uh, uh, to, to make your, your use of flash much more efficient uh, and in addition since it's everything on flash and everything uh, can be accessed in parallel it is uh, it behaves like a very 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 fast storage uh, storage engine so uh, in addition it allows uh, very fast updates and very fast uh, in not, not exactly in place but a, a very a very efficient modifications of data for for example if you want if you have a large file and you modify only a small part of it you don't read the whole file and write it again as a new version of it as you usually do in for example in, in s3 right because it's in a mutable block storage so underlying uh, the the, the, the infra infrastructure that we were using allows us, us to use to do, to do such tricks to allow a 
for example, uh, analytical users that uh, usually do uh, operations like uh, select and query and inserts, uh, which are usually fine, but updates and deletes are usually very, very costly because it's hard to delete a, a single row from Parquet file. You do, usually what you do, you, you just mark it as deleted, and once in a while you do some kind of a compaction, and then you throw the old Parquets away. And there's a lot of, uh, I call it, file ops needed to make uh, everything work in a more or less a, a nice way. Uh, so because we have all this infrastructure already in place for managing files in petabyte scale, we Actually, the idea was let's reuse it and build the basic blocks of the database from it. And then when we have them, we can start building everything, you know, just a layer, up, uh, layer after layer. But when every layer is built, uh, you know, in a good and connect in a, in, in a way that uh, maximizes uh, or minimizes uh, impedance mismatch, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because when you use S3 for storing data, uh, mostly it, it is fine when you only read it, but when you, when you, you need to modify it or delete stuff, it, it doesn't really work. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so uh, what, what we did, we actually started, a, because my previous work in Varada, I was quite familiar with a connector a model that Trino, actually, I think Trino was one of the pioneers of uh, how to connect a query engine to various data sources, uh, which is, Fantastic. I think uh, other databases can learn a lot of uh, from, 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 from Trino, uh, how to, first of all, how to make your query engine as, as, as connectable as possible to other things. Uh, and uh, in addition, it, its documentation is great. <laughs> we were actually we were developing other connectors and uh, for other uh, data query engines and Trino rocks. <laughs> so so, so, uh, so it was a, uh, yeah. It was a pleasure developing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was I a think pleasure. A shout out goes to to Jan for writing some of the developer guide there. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so so what we did, we actually first analyzed what uh, Torino can uh, actually push down, provide us as the data storage engine uh, to Vast, yeah, and then we started to define the basic interfaces. So for example, uh, the basic thing to start is how do we define schemas? How do we define tables? How do we define columns? Which types are we going to support? And then the internal, uh, the underlying storage that uh, our team has, uh, we, we have started with it and we're continuing it. And I think it was a good decision. Uh, we're using Arrow, Arrow, uh, Arrow format, the open source, uh, the, the, the open source project of, I think, Apache Arrow. Yeah. Right? Uh, they have uh, pretty much uh, became, I think, de facto standard of uh, data interchange and format interchange of data. And uh, they have multiple projects that use this format to uh, to query, to process it, to do interesting stuff with it. And we're, we are actually vast, the, the, our data engine uses uh, Arrow uh, to represent and to internally uh, encode the types and the data uh, in the Arrow compatible way. So it's very easy if your application speaks uh, arrow, arrow buffers, arrow formats, arrow vectors, arrow, arrow data. We you you can you can very easily interact with Vast. I mean easily. I mean in a, a, with with very little impedance mismatch. So you just get buffers out of our uh, protocol. Are uh, we kind of developed our our uh, proto protocol in order for you to uh, insert data, get data, and Manipulate it uh, inside VAS, for example, delete data or uh, update data. And all the buffers you send over the protocol are arrow, are encoded in arrow. So mm -hmm. uh, 
So, so I think we're not the only one. I think BigQuery, if I remember correctly, the BigQuery connector also uses this trick in order for, uh, you know. <laughs> it's, it, yeah, 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 there's, there's more systems doing that. Um, however, like Trino doesn't use error internally because it was around long before error even came up. And so um, how does that work in terms of like, like the vast database connector for Trino? What are the mechanics? Like you have Trino running, you, create a catalog that point that uses the vast connector and then like how does that connector do its work what what yeah. is it doing yeah so actually in vast we manage both in data and the metadata and the metadata data so this is a nice thing you don't need to configure for example hive metastore or in some other metastore service that for example glue or something like that that uh, stores all the tables and the schemas and the columns, it, 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 everything is stored inside Vast. And our connector communicates with the Vast cluster via RPCs. So we define the, I, I, I would call it S3-like RPCs. So because Vast already supports uh, the S3 uh, commands, uh, S3, mm -hmm. uh, I think it became a kind of a standard way of, uh, you know, uh, accessing uh, so, and so it, so, it, so it is not a JDBC kind of connection. It's more like a, a lake connection, like like I don't know, like the the iceberg connector, so that talks to the iceberg format. It's more like that, but the meta store is built in. Is that how, how this yeah, kind yeah, of works? Yeah, yeah. You 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 can think about it that uh, you know like S three uh, most of the uh, uh, data uh, data lake connectors usually talk to S three, right? Using some kind of a RPC layer. You, they I think they just send and receive a send HTTP request and get HTTP responses with the data encoded in some kind of way. So we just extended uh, our uh, S the, the, st the standard S S3 protocol that Vast already supported with okay. new Yeah, and then you can just send the command that uh, is called create a table. And it magically automatically created behind the scene. You don't need to talk with any special meta story just get so, it on the way yeah, you can send the command list table and get in a list of tables and then you can use a table and just send the query for this specific table or insert to this specific table it just works yeah awesome so 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 the connector is like a tr like like other clean connectors that support read and write operations then. yes 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 and how far the, has that gone like do you also support like the more exotic stuff like like creating schemas and like creating views maybe or materialized views. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask all the hard questions here, right? <laughs> no problem. So we currently support schemas, uh, tables, of course, columns. Most of the types we do support. Uh, of course, Arrow doesn't cover all the various types that Trino currently supports. So maybe some adapt, adapt, adaptation will be needed. Uh, currently, we indeed don't support views and materialized views, but we we can we can add support later, I guess. Okay. We do support projections too, which is like a really cool performance enhancement. Yeah. So what uh, is a projection in this context? Like how would how would you is that like a like how would you query a projection from Trino? So, so I think the the, the 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 word projection I think is a, yeah. <laughs> is used in various contexts. So yeah. we, we decided I think uh, to to call it a. a, a, a we actually the, the full name is semi-sorted projection. Yeah. So, for example, if 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 you if there is a if there is a column that is not sorted initially, uh, usually our okay. So I will start by saying that uh, because uh, our system enables us to store metadata for every I guess quite sim small block of yeah. uh, every column chunk, every I think six, uh, six, six, sixty uh, thirty-two k, isn't it? 
Yeah, so, uh, 32k uh, kilobyte of values it gets its own uh, metadata entry with a, for example, min-max statistics that you can Okay, do. so that's awesome. So your connector also like takes into, like provides the table stats to Trino so then Trino can plan the queries yeah. uh, like basically uh, cost optimized and in, in, like optimize the plan for it based yeah. on the statistics. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So. So if that's the case, then also I'm assuming since it's more like an object storage connector, it also has the full parallelization. So if you have a cluster running of like, well, I don't know, like a hundred nodes, it just hammers the vast database on like yeah. from those hundred exactly. nodes. Exactly. And because vast is a massively parallel system, it works really, really well. <laughs> yeah. MPP on both sides, that gives you speed, right? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. That's awesome. So, so. So we have a, where does Vast run typically, and then how do you get Trino hooked up to it? Like, mm -hmm. so usually uh, Vast is a storage that used by uh, in in on-prem settings, right? And uh, uh, so users usually they have their own storage uh, cluster, and then they if they need to query, they usually spin up a Trino cluster near it. Usually it's very close, both physically and the latency sense. Mm -hmm. So. They get pretty much good performance. Actually, uh, one of the things I, that I was very surprised to see is that uh, how well uh, the basic uh, performance, uh, even even before we started working on our connector, the basic uh, hive and iceberg work pretty well when you're you know you have <laughs> where your where your initial latency is pretty small. So this is quite nice. Uh, as, yeah, yeah. No, uh, that's definitely one of the like performance. Like kind of like you want to get performance happening, you need to be close in terms of network, and that that's like a bottleneck. Like it's always something that we that we see. Like you know, people are like, "Oh, my queries are slow," and they're like, and then they're like, "Oh, I have this very small cluster, and my data is like on the other side of the globe, and the meta store is slow." I'm like, okay, so now why are you surprised it's slow again? <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I think we had some use cases that people had the uh, tables with I think thousands of uh, columns. And uh, querying them via Hive Metastore was a was a pain, mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, it, it just worked on our database without us doing anything special. Because just you know, when the building blocks are are are, are have good performance, everything just just works above, which is cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't don't tease our users because there is people out there that have too many columns in tables. Like thousands is fine, but mm -hmm. I literally ran into discussions where someone is like, I don't know, they have like. I don't know how many, but like in the tens of thousands of columns, I'm like, that's more than Trino can manage from a memory point of view. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. I'm like, what data model did you think of that is smarter than that aspect? Yeah, I think we had one test that tested this specific use case, and I think it was more mostly bottlenecked on some some loop uh, ha happening in a single thread in Java, and I guess yeah, so, it's yeah. memory, right? Like, it's, it's kind of silly, but. Yeah. So, so having this all close together and the vast database being a storage system, but it's also compute, like you called it a vast platform before, right? Like, can you tell us more about like what that means? Like if there's like compute in the system, can Trino use that compute or like, how does that work? Or what, what, what's the what's the common pattern and how, how your users are approaching Trino? And that's another question, by the way, I just thought of. Do, do 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 like how do they come to you and say hey we need to have support like you need to support Trino because we want to use Trino or like are you telling them or both or like tell me a bit from the field what's going on? 
in the field. I mean, a lot of our customers, you know, are already using Trino, right? Like we've got some pretty cool use cases out there where, you know, um, I was a big data Paris and somebody came up to me and I was, you know, my broken friend from trying to have this conversation. But the one word we kept coming back to is Trino, right? <laughs> Le Trino. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they had Trino, they were doing it off of S3 and it just wasn't performing well, but they had unstructured data as well. So it was one of those things where like Vast was a great use case for that. And uh, Trino plus Vast is just like performing so much faster and they're very, very happy. So, you know, we have like a lot of different cases like that. I mean, Trino's everywhere, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, so we are seeing that. And then like when, when we have customers who are open you know, they'll, you know, we'll talk to them about like, what are they doing in the long run? Like, are they, you know, focusing more on the AI stuff? Are they, you know, looking for data science, BI? But, you know, a lot of times we'll suggest Trino just because it's so much easier to spin up than anything else. Um, you know, the architecture of it is much simpler than Spark, for example. So, but that said, you know, um, I think it depends what they're doing. And a lot of people do have, most people do have an opinion when they come, by the time they come to us. So. Okay, cool. So, so like, so that then also means to some degree when they come to you and they already have to, you know, that means that they have already some catalogs and data sources configured. Is that something that you find often where people have like, I don't know, like probably we mentioned S3, like some sort of like, do you also end up like with like use cases where people have some, some legacy relational database and then mm -hmm. the data gets migrated over via Trino mm -hmm. or like what, yeah. what are some of those things? Yeah. I mean, Trino, we definitely have done one time migrations with Trino from something else into the vast database. That's pretty popular or like, you know, parquet into the database. Um, honestly, like our customers, like everyone are trying to minimize their number of pipelines that they have. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Trino is a key piece of that, as is Vast. Right. And so, like, that's really the name of the game is like minimizing the movement of data around. And so, whether that means they're doing something as big as repatriating everything back into a data center, or if they're just trying to like minimize the number of, um, the number of pipelines and using Trino instead, then, you know, we can supply the back end for that. Um, from an S3 standpoint, or they could actually migrate into the VAST database, which they often do because what happens is the query performance is so significantly better with VAST plus Trino versus Trino plus whatever else they're using like Parquet on S3 that um, it's a significant hardware savings at the scales that our customers are talking about. And so like you can actually like rip racks out of the wall <laughs> if you want, because you know, you're between the compression and the query performance, like you're just really significantly reducing your compute footprint. Yeah, I guess like also since you can hook up actual transactional systems and applications right mm -hmm. to it, that also saves yeah. that whole ETL, ELT, whatever you want to call it, moving around yeah. stuff. So that's that's really cool. So, so, so tell me, how do these people like manage their Trino clusters? Like, do you help them with that? Or do they just like know already? Do they use our Helm chart that we kind of trying to maintain or like? <laughs> I mean, it's a little bit of everything. Um, you know, some folks have been using Trino for 10 years or whatever, and we don't need to help them. And then some folks are new to it and they have some questions and we can help them. Um, you know, I, I think it's sort of a mix at this point. Um, I don't know, Roman, do you want to talk about 
the C node structure and how that works, or we, we could get into the details if you want. Ah, about the C nodes? Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, C nodes. Yeah, yeah. Or Actually, the, the, this also can answer your question, Manfred, about uh, the, awesome. com the, the compute that uh, we're actually helping uh, to offload from Trino. So uh, because uh, our uh, our platform is, of course, developed by, by Vast, we have a good, and, and the, the guys that the, the write the code is actually sitting sitting around here. Uh, so one of the cool idea that we wanted to use Trino for is to push down as much as possible things that can be done inside our uh, C nodes. C nodes are are uh, are short short and for compute nodes. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the containers that are running vast logic over the, the over actually over the whole flash and the, all the flash drives. Uh, so when uh, so our connector uh, Trino connector is running inside Trino and uh, during the planning it tries to push down and understand as much of the predicates that Trino pushes down. Okay, uh, cool. And uh, we actually uh, did when we started the project. We we took a, a look at the, everything that can be pushed down from from the Trino point of view, and we actually started. A, we opened a lot of tasks inside the C plus code in order to support everything the Trino can be can push down. So initially, it was just a, you know a, a copy paste of everything that can push down, actually supported by by Vast. But then you guys added more and more and more push down, which is cool. So thank you guys. And yeah, uh, it's 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 a moving target. We always want to add more. <laughs> yeah. So, sounds great. For for example, you added a I think a, a complex expression, a, a push down, and we thank you very much. We used it in order to push a like expressions, for example, mm -hmm. in order to have them run to run in inside our CPP engine, which usually can make uh, usually, you, be, better use of the CPU resources and get less data uh, to the JVM, which mm -hmm. probably yeah, be better, <laughs> you know. Uh, and uh, in addition, because we have uh, indices, uh, sorry, min-max filters and other ways to index data, uh, we can actually move less data from disks using this metadata, this using uh, these optimizations. For, for example, one trick that we did, uh, we saw that one of our customers is uh, usually like to uh, uh, not to filter, for example, by uh, some basic predicates. For example, instead of running a query like uh, select x where y equals two, uh, they usually just run a query x equals two. So, sorry, select x equals two from table. Uh, so okay, nice query. But what happens if x is a string and the pred and the thing you want to get is uh, x is null? Okay, so what usually happens? You don't want the actual data of the string. The only thing you want is the bitmap, the validity bitmap. So uh, before we implemented that, we actually understood that wow, we're reading a lot of data of this the, the string data. Just to throw it all away. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, all, all 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 what we needed is is only the bit, a single bit for every row that whether it's null or or not null. And uh, we actually implemented this pushdown. We call it projection pushdown. And you are, I think I think this is supported by basic Trino primitive. We just mm -hmm. had had to think about it, and then when we implemented it. Uh, all, all those queries that initially were, were moving a lot of data for, for nothing just got much faster. So thank you guys. That's, that's cool. So there's a bit of like processing basically going on in your like system and engine as well. So how, so, so, so you're obviously managing this Trino connector. 
how are you doing that? Like what Trino version are you supporting or like uh, are you managing a fork or like how you're how you dealing with all that? Because obviously our SBI, sort of the interface that you have to implement changes from release to release and you need to sort of keep up. And obviously you want to keep up because new project push, all these new features coming in. So how, how are you managing that? I'm sure it's like fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's as you said, it's a moving target. So uh, when we started the project, we started with a well, it was quite a while ago. We, we started with the Trino three uh, three seven five because it had this nice projection, uh, sorry, sorry, complex expression pushdown, and really liked to wanted to use that. So we started with three seven five, and then we implemented various uh, features to, to, that we wanted uh, from Trino. But then we, uh, I think, when you implemented the, the merge support. Uh, we, we 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 took it in a, in a new version that mm -hmm. got got that, uh, and we just we just you know the the, the 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 usual software engineering work we had to move uh, to to, re, to to use the open source version, the Trino, the latest Trino open source version, and to make sure our connector, which is developed out of Trino, we compile it based on the open source Trino to make sure everything works. Uh, we found a few issues here and there, uh, and but. Mostly it works. <laughs> yeah, so our plan though is to always update. So we release quarterly um, and we actually mm -hmm. we're partnering with Starburst. And so our plan is to always tie ourselves to the Starburst LTSs as best as we can. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. I so, know a thing or two about the Starburst LTS process. So. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> as you might imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. So so you're, you're like basically maintaining that and like that. So. Yep but you're maintaining it internally so how do people go about wanting to try this out like is there like a trial thing or is it open source and they can just like play around with it or do they need to buy a whole data center like tell me more <laughs> yeah you yes. definitely need to buy an entire data center buy your that's own what cloud. i thought dang <laughs> i can't get to try it today then i guess <laughs> i take cash <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I think yeah, you, you're right, guys. So it, in order to test our connector, you, the, 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 I think the the most expensive thing is that you, is you need actually uh, yeah. hardware to run vast uh, vast software on. But then you can actually our connector is part of our GitHub repository, yeah. so everyone that wants to use it can just read the coding. It can it compile it themselves, so it should work uh, even without our uh, uh, intervention. We of course distribute the binary release of the connector so you can just download from our github releases and if it works for you that, mm -hmm. and your and, and your vast cluster we're, we'll be more than happy to to hear yeah. <laughs> so current customers a lot of them have just downloaded it and play with it without us even knowing about it um and then we have uh we have like an extensive poc program so because obviously like we don't want to have to have like a huge lift of standing up a data center in order to try fast. So like we have like an internal POC program and things like that that people take advantage of a lot. So so you can also potentially like try it on some cloud provider, mm -hmm. provided yeah. you get the right images. Yeah, so if you go to the AWS marketplace, storage. yeah, you can go to AWS or GCP marketplace and um, spin up a vast instance in the cloud, VOC, vast on cloud. Okay, so so there is instances around that have the necessary yeah. like storage attached in that kind of chance. Yep. Yep. That's cool. cool. Yeah, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks very interesting to like play around with such a fast, 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 faster base. <laughs> faster base. 
<laughs> the faster, faster pace. Faster, that's, that's very cool. So, so what's coming in the future from you? Like, um, what's what's the plan next? Like, with um, so obviously, like you know, looking at the roadmap, like the engine is dominating the roadmap right now. I'm sure that's what Roman is working on right now. <laughs> um, but you know, we've got a lot more features. You know, we're all about performance and just making. Quarries more resilient, ripping out pipelines from our customers, that kind of thing. So anything that can help us do that is where we're focusing. But, um, you know, so query acceleration, um, we've got other connectors that we build, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, yeah, well, we're pretty excited what about it. What do you mean other connectors you build, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? We want to have them in a Twitter community. Tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know how much work we're doing on Trino other than like updating it to the latest Trino. Like I, Roman, do you have any idea about that? Yeah, I think we, there are new, new SPI additions that we would be happy also to experiment with. Uh, also a more uh, optimization that we can do, I guess. Initially when we started the project, uh, Trino, uh, of course, as, as you described, uh, is uh, and, and still using a, non-arrow internal format to represent the data. So we did some conversion between the two. Uh, I guess there, there probably a place for optimization in that sense, mm -hmm. uh, because uh, some of the types are quite similar between arrow and uh, Trino page format, uh, but unfortunately some other uh, others uh, can be optimized. Uh, in, sorry, some other types need manual conversion, so we can probably maybe try to optimize also those. Uh, we also would uh, be happy to use more advanced uh, Trino features to help uh, the users with other tasks, for example, for importing data. You know, uh, when you uh, try to get that data from, you know, from parquet files inside our system, uh, it usually not very fun task, but usually people need to do it because they're mm -hmm. initial or or, or, uh, or they start with some huge data lake in parquet files and they need to move all the parquet files inside Vastabase. Uh, or uh, they just, you know, they ingest the data. They just, one, uh, once in a, in a few minutes, they get a new parquet file and they need to push it inside. So one of the nice things when you own the whole uh, data lake, uh, you can just uh, do the the, the moving of the data, if you because we expose an S3 com, compliant uh, uh, view of the system, uh, you can just put a small file inside this S3 bucket, and then you can execute a small command in SQL-like language. No problem. And then, then from Trino, you can execute a small command that actually takes this small file and internally inside Vast, inside CPP code, just ingest it in right inside the uh, our internal uh, our internal, uh, internal data store without moving it uh, in, into the JVM and back into our, the connector. So instead of doing a, a expensive insert uh, insert into table as select or create table as select, we just issue a new uh, we kind of invented a new uh, com kind of command that allows us to do uh, internal imports without uh, moving any any of the heavy lifting. In, in, into the JVM. Uh, the cool thing in Trino uh, is that Trino supports the transaction and it supports it pre pretty much, pre pretty well. And uh, we're actually using that to make these imports atomic because no, no. Uh, if you start the transaction, we can import a lot of, we can do, do the imports using the same transaction and our vast uh, storage, storage engine uses th those exactly Trino transactions to make sure everything happens uh, atomically. So if anything goes wrong, you can just roll back everything and 
just nothing happened. And uh, this is a really cool thing because you can now import stuff and you can just, when you the import is finished, you can commit and you can be, be sure that everything yeah. you want to import is imported. And most of the most of the data is not even moving through the JVM. Most of the data no, is moving no. moving from S3 on the from one. Actually, it's more 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 like I'm moving data from one pocket of us to another pocket of us without it even moving yeah. into the JVM. Oh, cool. Um, since you mentioned the importing and stuff like that, I'm guessing your connector also supports most of the different data types, right? Like in Trino, like like the standard ones, and then. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, often I guess there's use cases where like external data comes in via CSV or whatever or JSON file. You can sort of on the fly convert them then to your format, right? So make that more performative as well. Yeah. So we we have a, our import supports the natively the parquet format, which is quite quite popular these days. And if we have a other, for example, CSV or JSON, we usually suggest using just Trino in order to <laughs> do, 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 the, do the path via the JVM because uh, just you can do anything uh, that uh, you can imagine, I guess, <laughs> just using SQL and Trino, which again, thank you guys for all the features. <laughs> well, we'll look forward to see and hear from your bug reports on problems you find in the pull request to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> we have some PRs out there. Um, yeah, and if you... Yeah, I should plug. Um, we have a couple of blogs on our site. If you just go to vastdata.com slash blog, there's a few blogs that have like demos within them on, you know, using Va using Trino to query the Vast catalog, which is our metadata index of all of the files on your Vast system. Um, and then we also have one with uh, Trino query performance on Vast. Awesome, cool. So people can find you on what was again, vastdata.com? Yeah. And where can they find you? Is there like a vast Slack or like just a contact us form or something like that, I guess? Yeah, I'm sure there's a contact us form where you can find me and Roman on LinkedIn or the Trino Slack. Oh, yeah, that's right. Always on the Trino Slack. We're all on the Trino Slack. That's good to know, right? So feel free to find them there uh, for any further questions. Thank you so much. This is awesome. Anything else you want to tell us about Vast before we round out this show today? I don't think so. This has been fun. Yes, un unfortunately, we lost Cole. He disappeared off the face of this earth or oh, whatever, something. Cool. His device is not connected. I'm sure he's fine. Maybe maybe uh, one of his cats tripped a cable or something. <laughs> 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 but I'm sure we'll see him again next time. And with that, um, thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to talk about a few other things next. Cool. Sounds good? Thanks for having us, Manfred. All right, cool. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, so that was, uh, again, Roman and Colleen from Vast Data. Super interesting use cases um, they have for their combined very fast and vast database. So um, check them out. A um, couple other things housekeeping-wise. Can you believe it? Trino Fest is coming to Boston. The announcement is out. And um, I'll need you all to register now. Go to the Trino website, trino.io. Uh, check out the blog post there about Trino Fest coming in Boston. We'll be there in person. And of course, you can also join us virtually um, and um, attend live from wherever you are on this globe. Um, it's going to be on the 13th of June at the Hyde Regency in downtown Boston. So make sure you uh, book your flight and uh, organize your hotel and stuff like that. We have a hotel block there at the Hyde Regency as well. And for those of you that are contributing to Trino on the next day, which is uh, Friday, the 14th of June, we'll also have a Trino contributor congregation. So if you're interested in that, 
uh, join uh, us and talk about like with the maintainers and contributors about you know deeply technical issues and discussions on that. Um, please reach out to me or Cole. So, and obviously also tell all your friends to come to Trino uh, Fest because you never know. Commander Banban might even show up in I don't know. Currently, it looks like he's training for a marathon for the Olympics or something like that. Um, he might be ready by then, hopefully. Uh, I know I should probably be training a little bit as well, and maybe I'll be able to run a little bit. <laughs> but uh, all that said, so Trino Fest is coming to town. Make sure you attend. Also, upcoming other events, please check the Trino website. Um, you will find the Trino events calendar there. And also on the broadcast session, um, we will have another Trino community broadcast in three weeks where we'll talk with um, uh, sorry, with David Phillips and Matt Stevenson, who implemented open telemetry support in Trino, which is super cool for um, observability across the whole Trino stack, uh, incoming, understanding what's going on when your queries are like having problems over the whole cluster. Um, I'm sure they'll have a cool demo as well. And it's in the documentation artworks, but you know, like talking to the developers is always more fun and uh, super cool. So join us for that as well. Uh, and then um, a little bit later, we'll have another episode with Mitsu, um, where we'll talk about their client tool that uh, allows you to query Trino with a no-code approach, right? For those of us that um, know how to write SQL, but not exactly like keen on that, and maybe sometimes it's more fun to just click a few buttons and get a nice dashboard report, Mitsu is great for that. Um, we'll find out more details about that. So join us for that as well. And I will see you in one of those next episodes again. Um, thank you for Roman and Colleen to join us. And I think that is it for today. Let me just check again. Yeah, um, that's pretty much it. So make sure you book for Trino Fest, register to attend and Submit your speaker proposals. I'm looking forward to see lots of interesting sessions. I know there's cool usages out there. We heard of from Vast today, and there's many more. And with that, I will see you next time again with Cole as well. <laughs>